This program is made possible by the friends and partners of Unspeakable Joy. Let's look tonight at the book of Exodus, chapter number 23, and I want you to look at verse number 29 and 30. Exodus 23, verse number 29, verse number 30. I will not drive them out from before thee in one year, lest the land become desolate, and the beast of the field multiply against thee. By little and little, I will drive them out from before thee until thou be increased and inherit the land. I want you to underline that phrase, by little and little, because that is the process and the principle whereby God grows things. Whenever you come to Exodus chapter number 23, God is telling the people how God, or Moses is telling the people how God is going to operate. And he's telling the people what God is going to do when he gets down into the land of Canaan. And this is what he says. He says, when God delivered you from the land of Egypt, he did it in a moment. He did it in a second. He did it suddenly. One moment you were slaves and one moment you were free. One moment you were in captivity and another moment you were free as you could be. He said one moment you were in bondage and the next moment you were on your way somewhere. He said it was sudden. It was unreal. It was big. It was momentous. It was unfathomable. He said, but don't get that in your head because God doesn't do it like that all the time. Ladies and gentlemen, what you're going to find in your life is that certain things that God does, He'll do it suddenly. You see, everything God starts, starts with a big bang. Everything God begins, it begins suddenly. It begins boom like that. Think about it like this. One day you're married, by the time you go to bed that night, everything is changed and you're married. One day you're in the womb and the next moment you're out. of the. It all begins with a big, long process. But think about it like this. Isn't it amazing that a baby can be born in a moment, but it takes a lifetime to mature? You know why? Because the principle of growth is little by little. Beloved, here's what is so discouraging in our lives, whether it be in a business. Man, you work and you labor and you work and you labor and you finally step out on faith and you start a business. And what do we all expect us to do? We expect it to go from here straight up there just like that. But it doesn't work that way. Don't you expect when you get married, you expect to go from two separate people to, I mean, giving marriage seminars just like that. But that's not how it operates, is it? How does God operate? Little by little. You see, here's what I'm going to show you tonight. What I'm going to show you tonight is not going to revolutionize your life. What I'm going to show you tonight is not going to blow your mind. But I'll tell you what it is going to do. It's going to reassure you that while you're waiting, God is still working. 
And when you cannot see it, it does not mean that God is not doing something. And even though it does not look like you're growing momentously, God is still in the process of growing. Beloved, tonight there are certain principles that God puts in place and it does not occur in big unbelief. Listen, there are only a few people that God will take from zero to a hundred just overnight out of nowhere, just bam and explode them. But here's what you'll find about those people. The only thing that shoot in the night are stars and they're very short lived. You and I are not trying to be a shooting star, whether it be materially, whether it be spiritually, whether it be uh, financially, whether it be maritally. Honey, I don't want to be a star that shoots in the night. I want to be a comet that circles this thing and every time I pass by somewhere, people get afraid. Our world is is about to be upended. It takes time, though, to form and fashion, and God has to do it little by little. Give this to you tonight. Number one, let me show you if I can, God's principle of growth. You've got to understand, number one, first and foremost, God is active. You see, when you look in your life, look back at what the verse number 30 says. Verse number 30, he says this. He says, I will. Now, if you start back in verse number 20 and go all the way down through verse number 33 of this chapter, here's what you're going to find. There are 14 I will statements or statements of action. Now, here's what he says. He says, don't get your hopes up. He said, I'm not going to drive out all the, all the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Jebusites and the Amorites and the Hivites and the Horites. I'm not driving them out all at one time. You see, you're going to have to battle. He said, whenever you go in to Canaan. I took you out of Egypt in a moment, but it's going to take a lifetime to conquer Canaan. He said, but I promise you this, when it looks like you still got a lot to do, and it looks like I've not gotten you where you want to be, I promise you, I will still be working. Beloved, here's what God is putting in my heart. There are 14 different times. He says, don't mistake the fact when I'm not doing it as fast as you want it done, and I'm not growing it as big as you want it grown. I am still working. 14 in the Bible is the number of spiritual perfection. Here's what the Holy Spirit of God put in my heart as I got to studying this in my own life. You realize God is less interested in giving us the blessing than to maturing us to being able to handle the blessing. God, what is it to God to give a man a million dollars? He owns the cattle on a thousand hillsides. What is it to God to give somebody a fantastic marriage? He's the God that creates man and woman. What is it to God to bless a church with a building of 15,000? He's the God that forms and fashions it all. God's not interested in giving. He's making sure that you can handle what he gives you. Therefore, he's got to work little by little. Beloved, here's what I'm telling you. How many have ever built a house? I ain't done it. I'm close enough to divorce. I can't handle it. I can't take it. But my daddy built a lot of houses, and I helped my father build these houses. And you know what I found? Doesn't matter how big the house is. Doesn't matter how wide it is. They're all built the same way. One piece of wood at a time. One brick at 
a time. And you know the worst part about building a house? When you're there every day and you're in it every moment and you see it all the time, you see that and you say, we're not making any progress. But that homeowner or a relative of that homeowner that only shows up once every week or so, they come in and they say, man, what progress. Man, what progress. That's what God is trying to show you in your life. You don't see the blessing growing. You don't see God operating. You don't see how good God's really putting it in your heart. But when people like me who only get to see you maybe once a week or once every other week or however often I look at your life and I say, man, look at what God's doing in your mind. Look at what God's doing in your family. Look at what God's doing in your business. Here's what you got to understand. God is not just a God that wants to give. He's a God that wants to form so that you can handle what he gives. There's a scripture I want you to write down. It's in the book of Leviticus chapter 20 and verse number 8. Watch what Leviticus chapter 20 verse number 8 says. He says, and ye shall keep my statutes for I am the Lord which sanctify you. That word sanctify, it's a Hebrew word, and it literally means to make holy. But you and I don't understand that because when we think about holy, we think about long dresses and, and, and arm holes down here and, ha- and bobs up hair and no makeup. That's not what holiness is. Holiness is looking, acting, talking, walking like the Lord Jesus Christ. That's holiness. So let me put it in a way. You know what sanctification is? It's the Holy Ghost knocking off of your life everything that doesn't look like Jesus. And you know how that happens? Little by little. I'm not a wood carver. I'm not a sculptor. I'm not anything like that. But if you ever watch wood carving, we've got some men that use our building down here on certain Sundays and they have a wood carving class. And if you ever watch these guys, or if you ever watch sculpting, you know, I look at these big granite stones and I say, wouldn't it just be easier to take a stick of dynamite and stick it in where it ought to go and just blow that thing to pieces and make it look like it ought to? And a sculptor would look at me and say, that's not how you sculpt something. You know how you sculpt something? One chisel. At a time. You know how God operates in your life? Little by little. You see, if the devil can get you so discouraged that God is not doing anything, I don't even know if this will make sense to you, but you realize the only way that a piece of granite will not look what to look like, what that sculptor wants it to look like, is to get off the block and get out of the reach of the sculptor. You see, the sculptor's going to do his job. He ain't going to mess up. He knows what he wants that thing to look like. He knows how he wants that thing to operate. All that sculpture's got to do is stand still. And sometimes in our life, the devil wants us to move, move, go, go, move, move, go, go, move, move, go, go, make it happen, get bigger, get stronger. And God says, I want you to stop because I'm the one that's active and I'll do it my way, which is not big by big. It's little by little. We'll look at these businesses that we've been praying over. And some of you ladies and some of you men will say, I thought I was going to go from $500 to $5,000. And you might. But you don't go from 500 to 5,000 like that. You go from 500 to 505, and then you go to 510, and then you go to 525, and then you go to 530, and then you go to 535. And ultimately, when God sees that you can handle one thing, he'll give you a completely bigger thing. Why? Because God wants you to be able to handle what he gives you. Beloved, I'm telling you right now, 
When you get this mindset, when we get this mindset that we're just wasting and we're just losing. No, God's operations are not like our operations. He does it little by what? Little. Number two, there is a growth that is active. There's a God that is moving. He says, I will. Number two, he says, I will do it little by little. He says, by minuscule thing on top of minuscule thing on top of minuscule thing. How many of y'all wish God was like me and you and just do it like we want it done? Well, I do. Y'all sit there and look spiritual. You want, I want it done my way and I want it done in my time. I want it done right now so I can enjoy it. I want it done at this moment so that I can hold it. I want it done right now so I don't have to worry about it anymore. But you know, I I don't know if this is good theology or good preaching or just truth. But you know, God's a lot smarter than we are. In fact, God's a lot wiser than we are. And you know what God has to do to prove that to you and I every once in a while? Give us what we want. And it's amazing when you get what you want, you don't always want what you got. I've had people that'll say, God, preacher, will you pray that God will give me a promotion? And I can look at these people and say, you're going to crumble. You don't have what it takes. You don't have the personality. You are going to fold and flop like a deck of cards in a hurricane. Preacher, pray. And look, don't come to me and ask my opinion if you don't want my opinion. Somebody, they they said, well, what do you think I ought to do? I said, I think you ought to stay exactly where you're at. You don't think I can handle it? No, I don't think you can handle it at all. Well, that hurts my feelings. Well, I can't help you're sensitive. Don't ask for my opinion. Sure enough, they took it and they crumbled. You know why? It's not because I knew it. It's because God will give you what you want to show you you don't always want what you got. Let me give you two, two reasons right quickly on why God won't give us what we want when we want it at one time and why he does it little by little. I'll give you two reasons. Number one, and I'm telling you this is hard living but easy preaching. The very first reason why God won't give us what we want is we can't handle it. You cannot handle it. How many of you that are over 60 now, you understand this principle? How many of you that are over 60 realize if God had given you the money that you have now when you were 20 years old, how would your life look now? You would have squandered it. You would have ruined it. There's so many times we look at things and we say, if God had only, yeah, if God had only done this, then your life would have been a lot different. And at the end of the day, the quickest way to the blessing of God is realizing what we're not and what He is. People always say, man, uh, Christianity is nothing more than a crutch religion. It ain't a crutch religion. It's a prosthetic religion. It's a handicap religion. In fact, I'm so messed up I can't even walk without Him holding my hand. And people will tell you all the time, you can handle it. You don't know what you can handle. And here's what I'll tell you. You can handle what God has given you if you're walking with Him based off of what you have. You can't handle it. Number two, the second reason that God won't give you, and this is a big one, and I think this is one we don't really process and ponder. Number two, the other reason God won't give you what you want except little by little is because He wants you to have a part in the reward. 
You see, right now, God has the power. He's got the ability to give you the million dollars in sales. He's got the power and the ability to make your marriage blossom like a rose. He's got the ability right now to make you into the biggest prayer warrior that God has ever made. He's got the ability right now to make you the biggest preacher in the biggest church that he ever could make. But it would be all God. Now watch this. God's a sharer. This is what you got to learn about God. He's a sharer. It's always all God. You understand what I'm saying? But here's what God will do. God will put the burden in your heart. God will put the desire in your soul. And He'll make you, instead of coming to you, He'll make you come after Him. So that when you get to where He is, He can give you a reward. You see, God is in the process of wanting you to want what He wants. Because when you want what he wants and you go after him like he wants you to go after him, then he can say, well done, thou good. Listen, when you desire a business to grow, God has the ability right now to turn your business into the biggest thing in that region that anybody else has had. But where's the reward eternally? Yeah, you make more money, you'll, you'll use it on this or use it on that. It goes no further than your grave. But whenever you get along with somebody, with God, and all by yourself, you start pumping and saying, God, this is burning in my heart. And I'm asking you to show me what to do. And God gives you the little step. And then He gives you another little step. And then He gives you another little step. And those steps lead into a path. And all because you went little by little, God gets you to the place where He says, Well done. Well done done. You know, we're going to get to heaven and realize the whole time we thought we were being held up, it was God that was not letting us go any further. And I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of things we're going to liken up to the devil that it was actually God the one doing it. The ones we thought God was holding us back from, it was really, or the devil holding us back, it was really God trying to get us to where he wanted us to be. Whenever we thought the devil was trying to crush us, it was really God trying to fashion and form us. And we're going to look at the devil and we're going to blame him for a lot of stuff that he didn't do. And then God's going to show us a lot of the stuff we thought was somebody else was really the devil. So number three, let me give you this. And I'm going to tell you something. This helped me more than anything else I studied all week. Number three, there are giants who are active. You see, this is what God told him. He said, I will not drive them out. He said, if I drive them out, or if I let you face all of them at one time, you would be crushed. Beloved, right now, the reason that God will not let you have what you want in this moment is because there is something he's trying to give you victory over before he gives it to you. Here's what happens. If he'd have sent them into the promised land at one time, there are six peoples mentioned in Exodus chapter 23. And of those six people, if all of those people groups had taken on the people of God, at one moment they would have been crushed. You see, God is trying to get you little by little. He conquers another type of people. Let me give them to you right quick. Let me give you the six people groups. The first group that were in the promised land that God had to defeat was the Amorites. You see, the first group of people that God would have them meet were the Amorites. The Amorites lived in the northern hills of Israel. They were the, the people that were some of the biggest. And this is what the word Amor, Amorite literally means. It literally means 
prominent. You see, everywhere you went in Israel, you can see Mount Hermon. But everywhere you go, you may not be able to see Mount Sinai. You may not be able to see Jerusalem. But you can see Mount Hermon. That speaks of, here you go, the big problems and issues in our life. Now watch this. Here's what this means. Let me put this up there. The first... Do I go through all the people, Kim, first? Do I go through all the names? I go to the next one. Okay, here we go. So here's what that represents. The very first thing that God's going to have you conquer are going to be those spiritual Amorites. Do you know what those spiritual Amorites represent? They represent that big issue in your life. They represent... They represent those character flaws. Let me give you an illustration of this. Okay, so let's say that God calls you to preach, all right? But you used to be an alcoholic. You with me? You used to be an alcoholic. You used to be a drug dealer. You used to be somebody, and that was your big character flaw. It doesn't matter if you get called to preach. You know what people still think of you as? If you just started a business, and before you got saved, you used to be a money swindler. I don't care if you start a new business. You know what people still think of you as? You know the only way to beat those character flaws? Time. And here's what happens, son. You used to be an alcoholic. You used to be a drug head. Whatever it is. Day by day, by day, by day, by day, by day, God slowly turns you in from what you used to be into what I think about Corey Engelbretson right now. It floods my mind thinking about that boy. The day he got saved, I mean, it wasn't shortly thereafter. God called him to preach. But yet those people out there still thought of him in that old way. And that boy, I mean, he had preaching his soul. He wanted to go out there. The day he got called to preach, he wanted to go past. It was like chaining a junkyard dog to a stump. Every time I felt like he, I said, hold it now, son. Come on back, son. Don't run too fast. You know why? Because little by little, he was changing people's mind away from what he used to be. And now when people think about Corey Engelbretson, they don't think about this or that. They think about a pastor. They think about a man of God. You know how God does that? He does that little by little. See, the first group of people God's going to help you with little by little overcome is changing people's mind about what you used to be, those character flaws. Number two, the second group of people are the Hittites. The Hittites, that comes from a word which means from Heth, and Heth literally means fear. Number two, the second problem God will have you overcome little by little is your fear. Every one of us in this room right now have got something that petrifies us. I'll give you an illustration. Now, you need to apply this to your own life. Let's think about somebody that has a voice that could make it in Nashville. Let's think about somebody that that is destined for the big stage. they just got one problem. They've got stage fright. If you took that person who's got the talent and the ability and put them from a living room to Nashville stage, what would happen? That fear would over. How do you beat stage fright? You take them from a living room 
to a bigger living room. And you go from another living room to another room. And then you go from another room to another singing place. And then little by little, you build that up. You see, that's what God is doing in our lives right now. You've got to overcome those little fears. Can I really run a business? So God will give you a little business. And you'll make all these mistakes, but it won't overwhelm you. And you'll say, you know what? I really can do this through the power of God. I really can do this through the energy of God. And God will help you overcome your fear. But if he gave it to you all at one time, you'd be paralyzed by that fear. So you know how God beats that? Little by little. This third group of people, let me give this third group of people to you. It was the group called the parasites. The parasites dwell in the woods. They were rural dwellers. Now here's what you need to understand about the parasites. They were the smallest of the people. Now, here's what the parasites represent in our lives that God helps us overcome little by little, the small things. Can I help you with something? Can I tell you why so many people will never go to the big level God wants them to go to? Because they can't figure out how to be, not be overcome by the little things. Can I tell you something? Small things will crush you. Small things will clam you up. Small things will run you down. And here's what happens. If God took you to the level he wanted you to be at, you would be so overwhelmed by small things. So you know what God does? He lets you handle it little by little. He lets you handle it step by step. He lets you handle it customer by customer. He lets you handle it prayer by prayer. He lets you handle it church member by church member. So that now you get to these little things in your life and and people think you don't care. But what you've realized is these little things, the only way a little thing can stop a big thing is if the big thing allows the little thing to get inside of it. You realize a 757 right now can fly through the air unimpeded? It can pass a flock of birds, and the only way that flock of birds is going to take that plane down is if that little bird gets inside of that big engine. You know how God will help you, giving you little by little? It's so you're not overwhelmed by the small things. You're not overwhelmed by the little things. Number four, the fourth enemy that God helps them beat are the Canaanites. The Canaanites were the most fierce. In fact, the word Canaanite literally comes from the word zealous. Now, here is what the Canaanites represent. They represent resistance in your life. Now, if God gave you the big... If God gave you everything at one time, there would be so much resistance and pushback against you and I, we wouldn't be able to handle it. Can you imagine? Man, I'm telling you right now, I let stuff roll off of my back when it comes to criticism. And I don't talk a lot about this, but I'll talk to y'all about this tonight because y'all are, are kind of like my family here. I'll just be honest with you. Just a little bit of time ago, several, five, six years ago, God started opening up doors and God started giving me some exposure. And then all of a sudden, there was a group of little... Twitters, and they'd pick a party. And listen, so help me, that little bit of resistance, it would send me into a spiraling depression for days. Days. If God had given me the resistance I faced today, at that time, which is when I wanted it, I wouldn't be in the ministry today. You know what God did? Little by little, 
Honey, I can tell you right now, it doesn't bother me. They write that stuff on there. People send it to me all the time. They'll say, I laugh at it now. I can't, I, sometimes I'll say, what an idiot. I can't believe that boy said that up there. And then I realize it's me that said it. Here's what I'm telling you. God only allows you to beat resistance one thing at a time. Some of you boys that work out, you do understand. One day you may be able to bench press three, four hundred pounds, but you don't start bench pressing three or four hundred pounds. How do you build up? Little by little. Now, number five, here's the fifth group of people. i got to hurry. We're the Hivites. Now, here's one thing that God will let you conquer little by little. The Hivites were closely related to a group of people in the Bible called the Horites, and they were cave dwellers. And what these cave dwellers would do is they would come and stay in a cave, and when the enemy would come by, they would suddenly attack them unawares. The Hivites represent the sudden issues in your life. How many of you in this room, I just want to see, how many of you in this room have been in business for at least 10 years? You've been in business at least 10 years. Okay, those of you that have been in business at least 10 years, can you imagine if you had to deal on day one with the sudden issues you have to deal with today? You would quit cold turkey and go get $16 an hour at McDonald's. You wouldn't put up with that stuff. You know how God helps you with that stuff? Little by little. See, what I'm trying to show you is every opposition you face is God teaching you something. And here's what you don't see and the devil doesn't want you to see. Every problem you face is God growing you one more inch. Let me give you number, number six. The sixth group of people were the Jebusites. God said, I'm going to throw the Jebusites out. Now, the Jebusites dwelt at Jerusalem. Jerusalem is where the the, the Ark of the Covenant would be. And so here's what the Jebusites ultimately represent. They represent satanic oppression. There will come a day as a Christian businessman, as a Christian praying, as a Christian mother, a Christian wife, a Christian husband, there will come a day when the devil can't get you with any of those other things. They can't say you're a drunk. They can't get you with the small things. They can't scare you with the fear. They can't make you mess up with the sudden. So you know what the devil's going to do? He's going to come into your life himself. And here's what I'm telling you right now. A lot of us, most, I would say that 99% of us right now have never faced real satanic oppression. I mean, we faced oppression, but that's oppression of our own making. That's oppression of poor management. That is oppression of worldly influences. I got all that. I'm talking about the majority of the people that think they're fighting satanic oppression have no idea. So you know what God will do? God will open the lid. Just a little. And you'll get a glimpse. And then you'll shut it. And you'll take a step. And you'll show it again. You know what God's doing? God's showing you how to face the devil. And he'll do it little by little. And so tomorrow when you wake up and you've only got one more customer, guess what God just did? Little by little. And tomorrow when you go to bed and you're only able to pray for one more minute, guess what God did? Little by little. And preachers, when you go another year and you only got to preach one more time than you did the year before, guess what God did? Little by little. That's God's principle. 